to the Dementia Connections podcast, where each week we share the latest research, expert advice, and stories about living well with dementia. I'm Carolyn Branley, the editor at Dementia Connections. This week, we've got two new articles to share with you. In our first story, we speak with care partner Katrina Prescott, who has found that when dealing with the changes and challenges that come part and parcel with her mother's dementia, acceptance is the key to self-preservation. For our second story, we connect with advocate and author Mary Beth Whiten, who uses writing as an outlet for living well with dementia. As always, you'll find the full articles and links to related resources at dementiaconnections.ca. Let's get right to the stories. Finding Peace by Letting Go Written by Lisa Cadane Katrina Prescott didn't sign up to be a care partner for her mom, Catherine Love, who was diagnosed with frontal temporal dementia eight years ago at the age of 62. Like many others who find themselves supporting parents, spouses, or other loved ones living with dementia, Prescott fell into the care partner role as her mom's condition worsened. It became overwhelming. You don't really have a lot of time to prepare, says Prescott, 43, and you're probably getting very limited support from the system. So it's cooking, it's cleaning, it's helping that person with their activities of daily living. You're the entertainment, you're everything for this person, and it's very isolating. Prescott is far from alone. There are an estimated 419,000 Canadians over 65 currently living with dementia, and that number is expected to double by 2030. It's a lowball figure that doesn't take into account the early onset cohort who, like Catherine Love, are diagnosed before they reach the official age of retirement. There is at least one care partner for every person diagnosed with dementia, and that number swells to nearly 8 million caregivers, or almost one in five Canadians, when you factor in the circle of family, friends, and paid workers that together form a support network for those living with dementia. Being a care partner exacts a heavy toll. Like Prescott, most are thrust into the role with zero training and little knowledge of dementia. As their loved one deteriorates, they can struggle with grief, loneliness, and exhaustion, all of which impacts their physical and mental health. In fact, 60% of caregivers show signs of clinical depression, according to the Family Caregiver Alliance, an organization that provides services to family caregivers of adults with physical and cognitive impairments such as dementia. As Love's dementia progressed, Prescott watched her mom stop driving, cooking, and being able to look after her own finances. After Love wandered off twice and ended up in the hospital the second time, the two began living together, and Prescott became her mom's primary care partner early in 2016. All the while, Prescott was working full-time and dealing with questions and concerns from friends who didn't understand her decision and suggested she was wasting her life. It was a lot to deal with, and something had to give. For Prescott, the game-changer in finding some relief in her role as a caregiver was simply letting go. She realized that what was causing her most stress was trying to contain the outbursts and control her mom's behavior in public. It was a source of ongoing conflict. I realized that these fights, these little arguments, were making my life harder, not easier, says Prescott, 
who now works as the Director of Employer Outreach for Care Uber, a Vancouver organization that connects experienced caregivers with people who need support. Why should I be bothered if you're wearing two different colors of shoes, or if you eat another bowl of ice cream? It was exhausting, and I was already exhausted. Accepting the changes in her mom due to dementia was so much easier. At the same time, Prescott started practicing what she calls conscious breathing, bringing her awareness to and focusing her attention on a long, deep breath or series of breaths. Each one was a micro-meditation she could do during a minute of rest, like waiting in her car at a red light or riding in the elevator. These moments of peace became a daily habit that helped ground Prescott and let her respond rather than react to her mom. Their relationship improved immensely. Meditation may work for some, but self-care and coping strategies look different for every care partner, say experts. A complicating factor is finding some time to integrate self-care into a busy schedule. The good news is there are groups across the country dedicated to helping care partners determine the best strategies and find windows for respite throughout their day. One such resource is the Dementia Society of Ottawa and Renfrew County in Ontario, which has a team of dementia care coaches that caregivers can connect with for support. We try to see where there might be opportunities for them to complete self-care that might not be front of mind, says Missia McCollum, a dementia care coach with the Dementia Society of Ottawa and Renfrew County. And self-care is so individual. It's not always taking a bubble bath or reading a book. For some people, it's literally just being able to read the paper for 20 minutes every morning or being able to go for a 15-minute walk or run. These small windows of mini-indulgence or normalcy are important reminders that a care partner's needs matter too. Little acts of self-love boost mood, improve self-esteem, and fill up a person's cup so there's empathy and patience on hand when it's time to go back to the care partner role. To see the full article and related resources, please go to DementiaConnections.ca. Carpe Diem, written by Danae Seaton. Author and dementia advocate Mary Beth Whiten was diagnosed with frontotemporal dementia in 2013 at the age of 45. Today, the 54-year-old is living well with young-onset dementia in Southampton, Ontario, alongside her partner, Dawn. She is a proud mother of two daughters and recently welcomed two grandchildren. Whiten says that after her diagnosis, writing was an important outlet for her, so she began journaling her story and sending it out to readers via an email list made up of more than 100 people. The email list subscriber said, Mary Beth, you need to get this in a book. And that's when I started to think, this is a good way to help educate people, says Whiten. The responses from her email list may have sparked the idea to write a book, but it wasn't until about seven years later that she actually pursued it. In her recently published book, Dignity and Dementia, Carpe Diem, Whiten pulls you into her world of living with dementia from the very moment she was diagnosed through her first six years of living with frontal temporal dementia. I'd never written before, so it was all new to me, but I liked the power it gave me. I could tell people how I felt and what my story was, rather than the typical stigmatized story, says Whiten. 
It's a great deal of power when you can tell your own story. Whiten's goal was to create a book that depicts the reality of dementia through the lens of someone who is experiencing it. The simple reason is there's just so much stigma out there. There are very few people who have dementia and have actually documented it in some manner. So I felt like it was almost my duty to encourage change, Whiten says. Published as journal entries, Dignity and Dementia presents the ups and downs of Whiten's journey. She gets extremely vulnerable with her writing, which makes the book engaging and authentic. Throughout, she also reiterates the motto that has helped get her through the most challenging days, carpe diem. In Latin, the phrase translates to seize the day and is often used to encourage people to make the most of the present moment. For Whiten, it's also a reminder to live the best day that she can every day. I really don't know when my symptoms will become worse than they are, so I really need to stay focused on the present, and that's what's in front of me, says Whiten. After a dementia diagnosis, it's easy to get discouraged and to focus on the negative aspects of your journey. Carpe diem is a reminder for Whiten and her readers to focus on the positive. Her first encounter with the phrase occurred after she received a painting from her great-niece Tegan with the words carpe diem on it. I'd never heard of it, so she educated me on what it was, and that was literally the start of embracing it, says Whiten. Actually, now, when you come into our home, we have her painting right there, so there's an expectation of, don't be a downer, come in and just be as happy as you can. Whiten is honored that her family has adopted the motto as well. I think it's really important that I'm surrounded by people who know the importance of really living every single day the best they can, she says. For those living with dementia, Whiten says carpe diem, but also she encourages people to focus on the things that they can do. Sometimes when you're focusing on the things that you can do, you may find what my partner calls treasures, says Whiten. Hidden treasures are the things that you didn't do before your diagnosis or that you really didn't realize you could do. For Whiten, her treasure is writing. By staying positive and by looking at what other people are doing, that's when you start to think, maybe there's something here that I can do as well, she says. So look for those hidden treasures. To see the full article, the Carpe Diem painting, and to find Mary Beth's book, please go to DementiaConnections.ca. Thank you for listening to the Dementia Connections podcast. We'd love to hear what you think of the stories we shared today. Let us know your thoughts on any of our social media channels. To help our stories reach more people, please rate and review this episode or share it with a friend. Sign up for our newsletter for priority access to new articles, inspiring stories, expert advice, and so much more to help you live well despite dementia. Until next week, take good care.